You're now listening to the Washington football team declassified podcast with my dad. You're going to love it. Welcome back to the Washington football team declassified podcast. Of course, I'm your host, L.E. We got Eric in the building as usual. Eric, you want to say what's up to the people? What's up to the people? There it is. We got special guests in the building. Eric, what's our special guest tone or sound that we got for him? What do you got? Um, you have the best voice in podcasting, so I'm going to leave that up to you. <laughs> you think I'm lying, man. I would pay top dollar to hear Ellie read me Goodnight Moon or something. The man is <laughs> like butter. I'll, I'll see if I got it on the agenda sometime. All right, we're going to get right to our guest. We got Stephen, Stephen Hammer in the building. Stephen, tell them who you are, where you're from, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Yeah, well, first of all, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to talking some football. Um, again, my name is Stephen Hammer. You can find us at QB Spotlight uh, on, on Twitter, our, our podcast, and YouTube. And uh, we fo- we focus majority on on, podca- on uh, quarterback-related topics, but our, our kind of main field is the sports performance field where we – uh, work majority with athletes during during the offseason and throughout the season but uh, we do the quarterbacking stuff on the side as well so we're excited to be here great 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 youtube con- uh, youtube content if you haven't checked it out already i promise you you will not regret it go check it out also we got from new york we got harrison in the building harrison tell them who you are what you got going on what's going on man i'm, I'm really excited to be here thank you guys for having me on it's- Great, great to be here. Uh, my company, I own my own company. We're Take Flight Media. We do Jets writing, Jets reporting, Jets articles. You can find me on Twitter at NYJetsTFMedia. I also have a podcast I do live on Mondays on YouTube at 7 p.m. Catch me there. A lot of fun. Jet takes. We do mock drafts, talking all the prospects because eval is a big thing with me. Uh, you could find me there at the Take Flight Spit and Fire podcast. There it is. And I always love talking to Harrison, man. He brings it. We're going to break our one rule on the declassified podcast. And Eric knows what that is. And we're going to talk quarterbacks. Our rule is we don't talk quarterbacks, but it's important now because we're getting in the draft. Michael Lombardi last night just said that the uh, football team might trade up to take a Trey Lance. Um, But we're not going to focus on those so heavily because we, we aren't buying that just yet. We think they might focus on quarterbacks a little bit later on, but I want to get you guys' opinions on the on the four main guys uh, real quick that are projected to go in the first round. I'm going to start with you, Stephen. We got Mac Jones, we got Justin Fields, we got Trey Lance, and we got Zach Wilson. Uh, I should say five because we got um, Trevor Lawrence. I, he's just an automatic, so I don't even really count him in the business. Which of those five do you like best? Uh, I'd have to go with Trevor Lawrence. I think I said the, I'll stay with the with the easy answer. But if, if I want to get this a little bit more complex, um, I think when you look at first round quarterbacks taken, uh, it, you say you take five or six, the the likelihood of all five or six actually hitting is extremely low. So I think more importantly, it's who those quarterbacks go to and what coaches they get under and who can develop them and kind of put them in the best position to succeed. So even though Lawrence may have the highest ceiling now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be uh, the best one out of the bunch. It's kind of a cop-out answer. I know uh, <laughs> I, I'll sit back with that though. No, no, no. All right. Tell me what you think about Mac Jones. Give me your 10 second opinion on Mac Jones. Man, Mac Jones put, put the ball where he wants to put it and uh, put him in a good offense where he can distribute the football with some good receivers and boom, you're ready to rock and roll. Uh, at least what you saw in college. I like it. Harrison. Who's your guy in the first round? Who do you like best? Well, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the easy, is the obvious, you know, the obvious easy answer. He's been, you know, the guy that everyone's talking about since high school, the guy, you know, when the Jets 
had, you know, I'm a big Jet, Jets are my team that I talk about and write about when the Jets had the first overall pick, you know, obviously Lawrence was the guy, everyone was excited about that, but uh, you know, he's been the, the top guy for, you know, like a while now, everyone's been talking about Lawrence. It's like, every time you hear his name, it's like a spotlight opens from the heavens and it's just <laughs> sparkling down, but I'm going to take it away from Trevor Lawrence for a second. Cause I think that there's no way Jacksonville passes on him. The Jets have the second overall pick. And as we moved on from Lawrence, didn't have that pick anymore. I started further eval into the other prospects, man. I just fell head over heels for Zach Wilson and fast. Like we're talking like back in like December when you never, was talking about Justin Fields being the guy. No one was talking about Zach Wilson. I was like, this kid has it. Like I just started watching him around that time. And I just, I fell in love with the specific things that I look for. If you guys want to check it out, I get into like an hour and change on my podcast, my first episode to a whole thing on QB eval and what I look for. I find it unique to what a lot of the regular draft guys tend to look for. I call it NFL translatable traits as opposed to just the throw. It's everything behind the throw as well as pocket awareness and also uh, what I call cerebral traits. Zach Wilson had them in spades. He blew my mind the first time I saw him. There were things like his pocket presence, which I just find innate, that just an unbelievable, unanticipatory, you know, innate matter of second calculations of matchups and alignments and people breaking through. I would compare him. I Everyone's been comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. But when you take the throw aspect out of it, man, he reminds me of Russell Wilson. In that pocket, he is just... He is money, and I love that about him. So he is, he's my guy. He's been my guy for a while. I hope the Jets don't pass on him. All right. All right. I like it. Coming strong, Harrison. And Eric, who do you got? Who's your first-round guy? I guess aside from Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence is, is the dude, and he's going to be the dude until he shows that he's not the dude. But, um, yeah, I'm going to go with Harrison on this. I think Zach Wilson. What's funny is uh, – all the things that Harrison looks at in a quarterback. I don't look at any of those things, but I do watch 30 second YouTube videos. Um, <laughs> and uh, honestly, the vibe that I get off him and it's not, I don't know the vibe that I get off of him is like Baker Mayfield almost. Yeah. Cause it's just like the swag that he's got. Um, I think he's, he, he, I think you hit it on the head. He's, he's more mobile. It's a good swagger comparison. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's more mobile. I just think like the way that his teammates rally around him really reminds me of like what, what Baker Mayfield brought to the table, not quite as much swag to the point where it's obnoxious from what I've seen of him, but I, that's the, that's the vibe that I get off him. And I think that would be a really good pick um, for the jets, especially if they can manage to just have some stability, um, you know, in the coaching ranks in the front office for a while uh, and hang on. So I really, I agree. I think Zach Wilson, I do like Justin Fields quite a bit, but it's really about um, as uh, Steven uh, said earlier, it's about fit. If he goes to the right team um, with the right, uh, with the right coaches, I think he could really succeed. And I think, I don't know that they're interested, but uh, or I guess they're not now because Carolina is what I was going to say, but I guess they just uh, made a trade. So they're not going to be in. I thought that would have been a really good fit for him. Um, so, yeah, it's about fit for him. But yeah, I think that, you know, outside of the best non Trevor Lawrence quarterback, I'm, I'm going to also go with Zach Wilson. And for me, I think outside of Trevor Lawrence, it's none of them only because and I, 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 I try to avoid the quarterback position just because, like we said before on the podcast, it's just talked about so much. And I don't watch a lot of college football enough to say, but it just, from everything I'm reading, it just sounds like there's so many question marks and um, fit matters as you guys have accurately reiterated, but, um, and, and quarterbacks can't choose where they go. <laughs> so I don't know. It's such, it's such a roll of the dice, man. I, I, I'd prefer to do something else there. Um, so we bought our quarterback gurus in the building to talk about three guys, primarily Kyle Trask. We got Mond and we got uh, Newman. 
Jamie mm-hmm. Newman. These guys have kind of been Newman's been under the radar a lot. Um, Mond is very under lot, the radar. Yeah, very much so. A lot of a lot of steam lately for uh, Kevin Mond, and then um, Trask. He had a lot of national TV games, and I think a lot of people liked him. But the opinion is kind of all over the place with that guy. I want to start with Trask because I think he's the one guy I've seen the least of. Um, Stephen, kick us off here with all your quarterback knowledge. What do you What do you make of uh, Trask? Yeah, so so when you look at Trask, you look at someone who I think when you watch film, the first thing that jumps off uh, to, to to me is this: his he, he's a mature thrower, and what I mean by that is his ability to throw guys open when they're not necessarily open. Um, so if you go back and watch film, let's just say if you if you have an inside seam route, even outside seam route, and uh, the safety's up top or it's double team. This cuts the neck and eye. It looks like they may be covered, but to Trask or to an elite quarterback, uh, a guy is always open. It depends where you put the ball. So I think when you watch the film, he's a mature thrower. His, his ball placement and the feel on his touch on his passes uh, is kind of as, as, as uncanny, if you will. Uh, for example, what we call a, a one ball, a two ball, a three ball, a one ball be, being a rocket, a three ball being a bomb, and a two ball being kind of a, a tweener, if you will. And the ability to throw a two ball is probably the toughest kind of throw for a quarterback to fit let's say between a, a safety and a backer uh on a on a post or a dig so the ability to throw that two ball uh is something that that can almost not be taught taught, taught excuse me and he's got that feel so i think with, with trash that he's a mature thrower he has good ball placement he's got good pocket presence as well he's not the most athletic guy but the fact he can maneuver in the pocket and keep his eyes downfield it is more than enough if he's in the right system. So uh, probably not as high as a ceiling as some of the other guys. Uh, but as long as if he can, he can hit that ceiling and surround him with good ball players like he was at Florida, then of course he's got a chance to succeed uh, wherever he goes. Yeah, he's uh, 6'5", 240, probably going to get a little bit bigger, I'd imagine. Um, just I like that evaluation. Honestly, that's that's one of the best I've heard. Um coming out of Florida, the thing that for me, I like to, I like quarterbacks to come from schools that have a lot of successful quarterbacks in the NFL. Florida doesn't have that in recent history. So that does concern me a little bit about him. Harrison, uh, what do you think about Trask? Oh, I think spot on, man. I think Steven, but that, that was awesome. I, I totally agree. I think that was one of the better evaluations of Trask I've definitely heard because when it comes to Trask, I think maybe it's because of, you know, the limited play and, you know, he seems to be kind of that middle ground guy where he's not one of the top guys, but he's not one of those sleepers you'd look at either. You don't hear that kind of a depth eval on him. So definitely that was, that was awesome. I loved hearing that, but my big thing with Trask is I like what I see in him. I mean, I like the things I look for. I think he's talented, but the limited production just scares me because I mean, he, was amazing in 2020. I mean, he was so amazing that he ended the season leading the FBS in almost basically every category. And there was one point in the season, I think it was around like November-ish or so, where he led the FBS in literally every category, basically. But it's in one year of production. So my fear with him is I just have like, Mitchell Trubisky repeating in the back of my mind, Mm. where it's, you know, that limited production at an excellently elite level, but can it, you know, does it translate? Wow. Mitchell Trubisky. That, that scares me. <laughs> Not my favorite NFL quarterback. Uh, Eric, what do you got? Yeah. So I was just listening to, to Steven's analysis and I was just thinking that if like I had tuned in 10 seconds late to that, I would have thought he was talking about Mac Jones. <laughs> um, and, and that's, I, I don't know if it's a slight or what that is, but I really like, I, I 
see the same thing. I see, I see kind of the same traits that I do with Jones. And I think or Jones had maybe a little bit more talent around him in Alabama. I mean, I mean, not that Trask obviously had two of the best receivers in the country, but uh, you know, Jones had, you know, the top five-star recruited every position. I just, I, I don't know. I don't want to switch this back to a Mac Jones conversation, but that just, that's what occurred to me. Um, I, I don't see that big of a difference from what I've seen between those two guys. I think you're right. You put them in the right system and surround them with weapons. They can both get the ball where it needs to go. Um, so from that perspective, I think that, you know, I don't have a problem with Trask. I just don't see that big of a difference between him and, and Jones. Maybe, I don't know if one of you guys can clue me in on that or if that's a, a whole different discussion, but I really just, that's what, that's what kind of struck me with that. So Trask, I, you know, I've, I've always kind of dug Trask. I've liked him a lot and I kind of put him in that um, like that second tier quarterback with Jones. Um, and honestly with, with, I thought with Trey Lance, just based on the experience, but um, yeah, I'm just, I'm curious what your thoughts on that are. Like how, if you swapped, you know, Florida and Alabama quarterbacks, what would the, would it have been that much different this year? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I, it, it'd probably be somewhat similar just because the outside guys were so good and with Florida, Kyle Pitts was so good. You can see he's a, technically a tight end, but, you know, they put him all over the field. And the only difference is the, the offensive schemes are a lot different where you had more kind of RPO centered tendencies with your uh with at Alabama and they're more kind of creative play designed if you will like pre-snap as opposed to Florida uh, you kind of knew what you were going to get and it was it wasn't an air raid by any means uh but there wasn't as many kind of pre-snap um uh, kind of disguises if you will and, and kind of a it wasn't based off the RPO where Alabama was strictly trying to get people out of position and they were so freaking talented they could do whatever the the hell they wanted to do essentially um and so i i still think it's fair you could probably swap them and both do pretty well i will say the thing about trask is he does have about two years of full starting experience he did start the majority of 2019 when when uh felipe franks got injured in the second game or so against kentucky so i do think he has probably a, a bit more experience than people probably think or give him credit for he did uh, play 12 games in 19 and 12 games in 2020 so I do think there's some more there's a bit more experience than uh than maybe a, a, a Trey Lance like you mentioned or, or someone else so uh, I'm not too too concerned about that uh, not to mention how Dan Mullen coaches quarterbacks uh, I think he's probably one of the best quarterback developers in the game of football if you just go back and look at who he's coached and developed and how he's adapted that offense so I know I kind of went on a, a different um different kind of trade there but that's kind of my two cents on, on that whole thing yeah and eric i think you totally nailed it because i literally i couldn't agree more because my qb board hasn't changed in the, the whole draft really i've had lawrence at one zach wilson at two two of them much closer than people realize trey lance is three i have fields at four but i've consistently had mac jones and trask tied at five i really couldn't pick one because i felt you know again like you said pretty similar-ish skill set with physical build, the way they throw, the way they look in the pocket. But the difference, you know, like I said, with, with Trask is, you know, Stephen mentioned he does have 2019, but the elite level of play, I just, I, I question, you know, how sustainable that was. And then with Matt Jones, my thing, like you mentioned, was just the talent level, you know, just he has such an unbelievably talented team around him. I mean, he's got Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. I mean, half the NFL teams don't have talent like that. Like, so plus he's got a tremendous offensive line. Landon Dickerson, if it weren't for injury, would have easily been a first round pick. So yeah, I've had those guys consistently tied at five. So quick uh, yes or no, and I'll, I'll go around table on this. Are you comfortable with Trask in the second? Steven, we'll start with you. 
Uh, yes, I'm a Texas guy, so I'm biased. He's from Texas. <laughs> Harrison? I think it's interesting what's going on with him, man. Because, like, like I said, I see them both similar, but, like, Matt Jones is moving up while Trask, it's like, man, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten injured with how fast he's fallen. Like, it's just crazy. Yeah. Like, halfway earlier in the season, they had him as, like, a top 15, top 16 guy. Now I've seen mocks that have him in the fourth round. So it's just interesting what's going on with that. I mean, I, I think potentially, you know, he could go there. But out of the three guys you mentioned, you're, you're going to see there's one actually like more than Kyle Trask. Okay. And Eric, yes or no, second round for Trask. Or Washington, yes, I would be okay with it. I'll go no, because I'm a Washington fan and I want to do something else in the second round. <laughs> All right. Surround right. him with weapons. That's right. All right, next up, um, we're going to go Mond. And this is the, the hottest guy in terms of uh, press and, and news clippings about him moving up the board and things like that. And Stephen, Steve, I'm going to kick it back to you. Tell us about uh, Mond here. Yeah, so I think I think Mod's probably one of the most talented guys in, in the whole draft, and the, the offensive system he run, runs with at a and with, with Jimbo it just isn't a system that necessarily calls you to push the ball downfield. Uh, out of the three guys we're talking about, his yards per attempt are, you know, the, the lowest here. That's not a product of Mond itself. It's a product of the system that they're in, that a and in. You know that they 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 take the clock down to inside. You know, five seconds left of the game clock. Um, they, they just don't do things traditionally like, like you've seen a bunch of these uh, offenses do now. So I think that is maybe a reason why Mond isn't even getting more hype or didn't have more success at AM. I know AM fans were somewhat kind of disappointed. They didn't feel like he reached his full ceiling. And I don't think he reached the ceiling either, but I don't think it was necessarily his fault. He's got all the talent. Uh, he's got all the arm he needs, uh, all the athleticism you need to, to, to succeed. And he's got the experience starting for basically three and a half years. And what stands out to me is his ability to improve over time. I think people want you to be a rock star right off the bat. But if you look at his, his career at AM, each year he got better. And I think if you go just to his, his accuracy and his completion percentage, it went up each and every year. And it was the highest this past year in 2020 at right about 63. And you pair that with his TD to interception ratio at better than six to one, which again was his best in his career. That tells me that, hey, he hasn't hit his ceiling yet. He's still developing. He can be coached. So I think wherever Mon goes, if he has a coach that clicks with him, he could be a potential uh, you know, starter in the league for, for a long time. So I like Mon, but like other people, like other guys, this depends where he goes and who develops him. He was the number two recruit coming out of high school behind Tua Tagovailoa. Mm -hmm. um, 6'3", 202 pounds. You know, like I said, he's, 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 he's moving up the boards a lot. Harrison, what do you got on mind? Yeah, so when it, when it comes to Kellen Mond, and, you know, I, I agree with Steven in the aspect of it depends where he goes in the draft, but I have a very unpopular take that I definitely think Steven's not going to like after <laughs> what he had to say. But I, my advice with Mond, in my opinion, is buyer beware. I am one of the few people that don't really like what I see. Because with the things that I look for, specifically pocketability, I can't think of another more flat-footed quarterback I've seen in a while. Like, he just doesn't have any mobility back there at all. He seems to me very flat-footed, very, you know, heavy on his feet. Uh, he can run really well, but he doesn't seem to have any kind of mobility back there from what I see. And as Stephen pointed out, he's gotten more accurate over the years, 
But one of the knocks on him is his inconsistency. And I've seen it. He does miss a lot of throws. And when you're flat footed like that, it makes sense. And I think he can definitely be coached. I think the physical talent is there. But if my options were Trask, Newman and him, he would definitely be the third of those options. All right. And uh, something I saw looking at uh, um, his profile on the Internet was that when pressure gets in his face, his mechanics go out the window. Um, I can't speak to the accuracy of that because, again, I don't I don't watch a lot of college football, but that's always something that concerns me, especially with the quarterbacks that the Washington football team has taken over the last couple of drafts with uh, Haskins. He completely fell apart um, when pressure came in terms of mechanics. Um, we don't even have to mention RG3, <laughs> but, you know, so I, I want polished. I want polished in the quarterback, and it seems like he still has a little bit of a ways to go there. Um, Eric, how do you feel about Mon? Yeah, Mond, I was actually like, um, like Harrison was saying back in the back in the midseason, I was like hyping Mond as like a potential fourth round guy because like nobody knew who he was. Um, it, it just he's like he's kind of shot up draft boards in the past like three or four weeks. So I'm kind of I'm a little bit bummed out about that. Um, just kind of trying to figure out like a pro comp that I see for Mond like at this point in his career. He seems he reminds me a lot of what Dak Prescott was coming out. Um, he's got a lot of starting experience. He's there are questions about his uh, accuracy um, and pocket presence. Um, he seemed to like struggle a little bit under pressure coming out. And it's a lot of the same things they were talking about with Dak Prescott. And I, I don't want to compare him because Dak Prescott's really taken off and become a really good quarterback. Um, and some of the things that I've seen and read about uh, Mond, um, similar to what Harrison has said um, about his, his, not mobility, but like pocket presence, um, you know, that always scares you as a, as a fan. Um, Cause you don't want a guy who's going to be, cause there's, you know, they are really fast in the NFL. Um, but if he can be taken and if he can be kind of nurtured and brought along, I think he can turn into a good NFL quarterback, but he's not there yet. Um, and, I, you know, again, Dak Prescott is, is the, is the ceiling for him, I think for me. Um, but again, he has to be treated kind of with kid gloves coming out because he's, he's definitely not a day one starter. So for Washington, you know, with, um, a, you know, the first four games settled at starter, um, you know, I don't know 100 percent that he would be the best pick there just coming from a Washington perspective uh, that high in the draft because the expectations are going to be there and, the, and there's going to be a quick hook from fans. So from my perspective, from a Washington fan, it's I'm a little wary of I would be a little wary of taking him, even though I do like him. All right, so you're um, no he's still there in round four. Absolutely. Okay. I take him. But you're a hard no in the second round. Second right? round, no, I would not take him in the second round. There's that's there's gonna, yeah, Washington and quarterbacks, uh, very. Uh, <laughs> we have a complicated history, and we uh, he could be ruined uh, if he's taken too high in this with this fan base. All right, Stephen, uh, yes or no? Second round for Mond. Oh man, it's from Texas. I gotta say yes. I know that's not. <laughs> All right, Harrison, yes or no for Mond. No, I, I think Eric nailed it. Like, that's literally what I was thinking for Mond. I was thinking basically the highest I'd probably take him is a fourth because, again, I just feel like he could be coached up, but the things I look for, I don't see. And the accuracy scares me. The, 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 the pocket presence scares me. Like you mentioned, I didn't mention it before, but I was thinking I just didn't say with the how with the pressure. That's another issue I've had with him also, I've noticed. I, I would at highest take him in the fourth round. Wow. Okay. Um hype scares me with quarterbacks but one thing i do know about nfl the nfl is that mobility is king when it comes to quarterbacks at least now I that's know why that. i love zach yeah yeah not the super bowl i know brady won but you know that defense was next level um 
I think I'm okay taking him in the second round. It wouldn't be my first choice for Washington, but I think just he has that athleticism that will allow him to be somewhat successful um, no matter what, right? Because you can scheme for the athleticism and then develop the rest as it comes along. We're seeing that with Lamar Jackson. I'm not saying they're equivalent athletically, but um, it's, it's doable. Josh Allen and Buffalo, the same thing. So, all right. Um, and I think we're going to move to the, to the guy that most people probably know the least about, and that's Jamie Newman. Um, he, <laughs> it's hard to find a really good evaluation of Jamie Newman. I've looked at some things on the internet and I've watched a couple of videos on YouTube, but I just didn't walk away from all of those evaluations feeling like I really knew who he was and kind of what he was. So Steven, can you clue us in? Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to, to do much better just for the simple fact he really only had one year he started right at Wake Forest. And even that year, he wasn't able to, to start every single game in 2019. The year before that, 2018, I think he had six or starts or so. Sam Hartman was actually the, the, the leading passer uh, for that Wake team. And, and the offense they run, here, here's a few uh, things that can demonstrate his tools. The, the offense they run at Wake is very, very RPO heavy. It's a, it's whenever he was in it, it was run the quarterback. He's a very north and south runner. So there's there is potential for the right team to draft him that has that 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 similar fit if you will especially the way the NFL is is kind of uh transitioning to adapting college uh offensive tendencies and college offensive schemes and putting them into uh the NFL I don't want to use compare him to Lamar Jackson like like um Eric mentioned earlier about Bond, but that type of system, you saw them draft Trace, Trace McSorley, and he kind of fits that system. So I don't see why a team couldn't draft Jamie Newman that fit that system as well uh, to develop. So I think he's a definitely a developmental guy, especially not playing in 2020. He, he is a big guy, good athlete, has a quick release, uh, does have a strong arm, can push it downfield. However, the offense that Wake Forest runs, that kind of it's like a dink and dunk RPO system. They don't really call the push the ball downfield all that much, but he can do it whenever it is called upon him. So I think he's kind of, in my opinion, the one I feel least comfortable about talking for the simple fact, uh, the least, I feel, excuse me, I feel least comfortable about talking about him for the simple fact there's not a ton of kind of game footage to really break down, but he does have tools. And if he gets with the right coach, those tools for, can for sure be developed. All right. 6'3", 235. Um, like you said, you know, he's, Looking at the draft profiles on the internet, ideal scheme, spread. Um, and he says the ideal role is developmental uh, quarterback. That's from the draft network. Harrison, what do you got on uh, Newman? Man, so I got to say before, like, you know, I'm not very high on Mon, re really not at all. Trask, um, give or take on. I do want to emphasize, like Stephen pointed out, that it is limited footage on Jamie Newman. But from what I see, man, I like it. I like it and I am impressed. And I think the big issue is like, was mentioned before the fact that he set out in 2020 and we've seen that with a lot of players in this draft everyone you know remembers earlier it was a couple of months back people were talking you know after that you know championship game maybe devonta smith is the best wide receiver in this coming draft then everyone went back and watched jamar chase and was like oh yeah you know never mind and then we saw the same thing you know with gregory rousseau where now because he hasn't played you know people are saying could he pay maybe jalen phillips maybe they can move over him i think it's because people just forget you know what they saw but man i really really like what i see in newman i think he has excellent pocket awareness 
excellent mobility, uh, excellent field vision. He throws an excellent football. He throws receivers open and makes good, smart throws. He doesn't seem to make very bad throws from what I've seen. Again, it's limited production, but I do really like it. The one negative I noticed with him that I was a big one with me is he does seem to go through read progressions at times, but he also does seem to stare down his first read like a lot. But other than that, I really love everything I see in him. And I think, you know, if he had played this year, he could have easily moved his way up over Trask, maybe even been in a conversation with Mac Jones. I think he would be an excellent pick for you guys in the second round. There it is. Eric, what do you got? No. <laughs> just no. Um, now, it's, it's not that I don't like him. I just – he's so raw as a passer from uh, – I see – I see a pro career headed like his best case scenario as a pro is Jacoby Brissett. Um, he's going to be really frustrating to whoever drafts him like this guy. He's just, he's going to take the next step. This is the year he does it. And he just never does it. Um, that's the, I mean, that's kind of the, the trajectory I see for him. I just, I, I, he does, he's got all the tools he can do. Like he's capable of doing everything, but he's never been in a, ah, I won't say he's never been in a position, but he, he needs work. He needs refinement. I don't know that he's going to get that in the NFL at the NFL level at, at the draft pick. If you're taking him high, like there's going to be kind of a demand to see him. I just think he's just headed for like a really frustrating career where he's a, you know, he, he's a, a decent, a good backup, maybe a spot starter, but you know, once teams see some film on him, they're going to figure him out quickly. Um, and I could be completely wrong. He could turn into the next Pat Mahomes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I just, as a passer, I just, it, you know, it's one of those dudes, it's kind of like the Jalen Hurts thing from last year. It's like, well, if the key to stopping you is to make you throw, maybe quarterback isn't the right position for you. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I would definitely would not take him in the second round. He's to me, I see like fifth or sixth round. I like him. Um, I'm, I'm with you, though, probably not the second round. And if you think about Washington's quarterback situation, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick, which means worst case scenario, your guy that you draft this year is going to start next year because Fitzpatrick won't be around for more than one season. He probably won't make it the entire season without getting benched. So you probably want something a little bit more developed than what you're getting in Newman. Uh, so I'm going to pass. It sounds like you're going to pass in the second round as well. Steven, second round, are you comfortable? Man, y'all probably realize this about me by now, but I'm just kind of more on the positive side. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say yes, um, and that's probably just because the, the field that I'm in uh, causes me to say that. But I also think there's, there's a reason why Georgia, uh, you know, took him and wanted him to come in and be their guy initially. Uh, so that kind of resonates with me as well. But, yeah, I'm going to say yes. All right. And Harrison? Yeah, man, I, I agree. I mean, I feel like it's limited production in him, but just the way I look at it is I, it doesn't matter how many games there are with there's specific things that I look at and he just checks the majority of my boxes. Like in the limited play, I was very impressed, like extremely impressed in what I saw and all the things that he needs to work on. I felt are coachable again in the right system with the right coaches, you know, with the right people. But if he has that, man, the sky's the limit for this kid. And I feel like, again, if he had played this year, I think he would have been a lot better and he would have not, you know, been in this conversation. 
But uh, one thing I want to say quick is because you mentioned, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was hoping I was going to get a chance to say that. And that's that's the way to go. That really is. Because if you look at the history of Ryan Fitzpatrick, he's been historically really good in his first year with every team. He was great with the Jets in 2015. He lit it up his first year with the Bucks. Remember, that's where the, the beard magic came in. He uh, lit it up his first year with Miami last year. So he historically tends to do very well, at least his first season with a new team, man, I would be all in this year to see what you can do with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Eric, how you feel about that? I was, uh, okay. Now <laughs> I'm coming around on Fitzpatrick. I was not cool with, with the signing. It was actually like when they were talking free agents before he, any, they signed anybody, I was like, I really take anybody but Fitzpatrick because he's just so frustrating. Um, but you know, seeing that he, how, especially like how his game has changed in the last three years, how he's really calmed down and toned down the interceptions. And, um, you know, he still, you know, puts up some duds every once in a while, but he hasn't been nearly as frustrating, I guess, in the past few years. And technically he wasn't benched for poor play last year, which I think was the first time, uh, in a while that that hasn't happened. So I'm not, I'm not exactly all in, but I'm not all out either. All right. We shall uh, see. I still think he's going to get pulled at some point this year. And, you know, you're going to see all three quarterbacks, whomever they are, will play. <laughs> all right. So let's let's go out like this. Um, we're rooting for all these prospects. You know, we do our little evaluations or our conversations about them. But these are kids coming out of college. We hope we wish them the best in the NFL. It's a hard job to do. I, I certainly can't do it. I don't think a lot of other folks on this podcast could do it. But, um, you know, we wish them all the best. Steven, we thank you for taking the time, man. Awesome stuff. Great information. And again, folks, go check them out on YouTube. Look at everything they got. It's 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 off the charts good. So we appreciate you being here, Steven. Very, very kind. That was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. Harrison, you know, we love talking to you, buddy. Uh, we'll have you back on again soon. Make sure you go check out everything that Harrison's doing. So Harrison, thank you for coming in. I appreciate it, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Hey, and make sure if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, go to Apple, go to Spotify, wherever you consume podcasts, make sure you follow, subscribe to the podcast, WFT Declassified. Don't forget it. Eric, as always, great time talking to you every week, man. Thanks so much. You guys were awesome. Appreciate having you both on. And we are it's out. always fun to be the fourth best person on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're number one in their hearts, man. <laughs> That's right. We're out of here, fellas. Thank you.